Welcome to the Amateur Mill Society, a podcast about the highs and lows of mothering in the modern age. We're your hosts, Sinead and Rosie, and we're just trying. Just trying. Join us on a journey from positive pregnancy tests through to school and beyond as we try to untangle all those complicated thoughts and feelings that come when you decide to push a baby out of your vagina. Other birthing methods are available. We are average, non-famous mums who live average, non-famous lives. Although if we get famous, we're not complaining. And we'll take some sponsorship from Greg's. Greg's. Specifically the sausage roll? Specifically the sausage roll. I need a sponsorship from Greg's because I can't go into town with Darcy without going into Greg's. I'm so glad you said that because we're exactly the same. (laughs) And as much as I want to, you know, like we'll go to the hipster coffee shop. Yeah. And and have a fancy latte. Yeah. And you'll be like, Ramona, do you want something from the hipster coffee shop? Be a hipster, please, for the love of God. And She's then like, no, Greg's sausage roll. I want a Greg's Darcy will, Darcy's go to Capri Sun sausage roll sprinkle donut. Sprinkle donut. Ramona likes a gingerbread. Sometimes a bag of quavers as well. A bag of quavers. I mean, this is the problem with Greg's, isn't it? Is that it just covers all, all bases. bases. It really does. What's and your it... go to Greg's order for you? For me personally, yeah. um, cold bread. It depends where cold bread. It depends where I am. Oh, yeah, like because... as in what specific branch of Greg's? Yeah. Did you know that there are different pasties for different areas of the country? No. No? Well, now you know. What's the special pasty for Leicester? I don't know if there's a special one for Leicester. I don't know if they do it anywhere else, but they sometimes, not in every branch in Leicester, but they do a steak and Stilton roll. I don't like Stilton. No? Oh, it's amazing. But then in Manchester, they do a meat and potato pasty, which is fantastic. I would love that. That's so, in Manchester, that would be what I'd have there. But then here I'd go, I think I'd go either Cornish pasty or steak slice. Mm. Um, I love a sausage bean and cheese melt. Do you? Yeah, I know it's kind of a niche niche order, but I just think there's something like the mushy texture of the inside. Yeah. There's something so comforting about it. Oh, we're so white, aren't we? Yeah. This yeah. is the problem with Greg's is it's like it's so bland, but it's so good. It is peak white people food. peak white people food and we are disgusting for it and i hate it when they try and like introduce a more flavor variation a flavor you're saying a flavor yeah. when they add a flavor you're I, like, don't, no, I, I don't want that i want no. this to taste of beige beige i want it to taste like i live in like regency britain i work on a farm and i'm and taking a pie to work in my and, pocket and that's what i've taken in my apron to yeah. go and plough the fields. That's yeah. that's what Greg's is for me. Then it's quite comforting. I go for a raspberry lemonade. Yeah, raspberry lemonade. I ne- nearly hit you then. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I actually went to hit Sinead on the knee because I was so excited at the raspberry lemonade. Yeah, yeah. Raspberry lemonade. Sometimes if I'm going sandwich, I like the tuna crunch, but I won't eat that if I'm around people. Sure. Uh, BLT, though, is Chicken BLT. Good. Every Chicken time. BLT. Every time. Um, and then... Can't go wrong with a sausage no. roll. I mean, Can't that's a chaser, when, isn't when it? When you buy one and they're like, well, you can get four for one pound. So I'm like, okay. Good, sir. I will take four. <laughs> Good, sir. And then when they offered to put them in different bags for you, you're like, yeah. this is luxury service. And I love to get the little double box of yum yums. Oh, I love yum a yum yum. I, okay, I get the I, mouth mm. feel of a yum yum. 
The mouthfeel is great, but I have a problem with Yum Yums and donuts. Okay. Is that they are really tasty, but they last about three bites, and I just want more. At least with a big bag of Skittles, they're lasting you a little, <laughs> little longer. A couple of months. A couple of months, maybe. Um, so, I mean, we better get some fucking sponsorship from Greg's, the amount we've just... Yeah, exactly. Let's, them ta- up. let's tag Greg's. Let's <laughs> tag Greg's into the episode. Come on, Greg's, what are you saying? Is that, you know how Nando's has the, like, black card? Yes. That Ed Sheeran has, so he goes yeah, yeah, into yeah. a Nando's and yeah, yeah. Um, gets free Nando's. I want that for Greg's. I want that for Greg's. 100% want that for Greg's. I, in fact, okay, if you could choose any chained kind of food outlet in the mm. UK, and I'm talking restaurants as well, so Nando's included... Are you still going Greg's if you can, if you could get your hands on a black card? Would you still choose Greg's? Yeah, I'm going Greg's. I'm going Greg's because Greg's is in every service station. Yeah, that's it's true. in every train station. You're always going to get filled up. I think there's about seven Greg's's in Leicester Greg's City. Greg's? <laughs> seven Greg's's? <laughs> in Leicester City Centre alone. Seven Greg's's. Isn't there, I think there's a 24-hour Greg's in Nottingham. Oh, well, in that case, that Greg's sold can, it to me. Greg's can never steer you wrong. You can have a little yeah. snack, little sticky snack. Sticky snackaroo. Or yeah. you can have a full meal. Yes. Yeah, you true. can have a four-courser from yeah, Greg's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sausage roll to start. Chicken BLT. A sausage crisp. <laughs> sausage bean and cheese melt to cleanse the palate. <laughs> Finish off with a yum yum. And, and a four-pack of yum yums for dessert. <laughs> I'd go, do you know, I'd go one of those, like, is it a custard slice? Oh, they're good. Hello. They're so, real good. So messy to eat, though. So messy. Can't eat those mm. on the go. Mm-mm. Yum, yum, yum. So, yeah. Um, can we have some sponsorship, please, Greg's? Would you go Greg's for a black card? Well, I was thinking, yeah, probably. But the only thing that could top that is maybe something that involves pizza. Because pizza is the best thing in the world. So maybe like a Pizza Express. Ooh, we yeah. eat a lot of pasta. And if we go out for a meal, which is very rare, because the last time we did go to a pizza place... It was awful. It was honestly like our children were so bad. See, so bad. See, Darcy is somewhat of a restauranter. Of course she is. She loves restaurants. Of course she is. She loves Pizza Express, but yeah. her favourite restaurant is Middleton's, which is a steak restaurant. Oh my god. That girl. She's basically like she's setting her sights on being one of the one of the judges on MasterChef, isn't she? Yeah, I think she will if she's not uh, a dictator or yes. a drug kingpin. She'll be she'll Giles Corrin. She'll be a food critic. <laughs> if she's not, let's just re- let's repeat that. If she's not a a drug lord, yeah, a, a Cuban dictator. If she's not those two things, yeah, she'll be a food critic for the Guardian. Good. Good. That's a good place to kick our podcast <laughs> off. Um, can you give me your week in one sentence, Sinead? Yes. If it's if you're going to cry, mm. do it in the shower. Oh, it feels so much more dramatic, doesn't it? Yeah, it makes me feel like I'm in a music video. And yes. also, my face gets red and swollen because I take my shower so hot anyway. Yeah. So I walk out of the shower and no one can tell. No one can. <laughs> Sometimes that's... I like to treat myself. That's the bleakest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Sometimes I like to treat myself. And sit on the floor of the shower and have a cry. Oh, yeah, that's very kind of... I know it's not specifically in one of her videos, but it feels very kind of early Christina Aguilera. Yeah. Sitting in a shower and crying. Yeah, except it's much less glamorous <laughs> than when I do it. It's not It's not the dirty video, is it? No. I can kind of look like a distraught pig. <laughs> that's, that's being showered before going to slaughter. <laughs> yes sat in my abattoir yeah, oh my no, goodness just, i've been crying quite a lot recently oh dear why i just think it's 
Do I need? Should I, I live, ask one? I live in England. <laughs> I live in Pissland. I live in Pissland. Uh, the weather has been so shit, but but the sun came out yesterday. Yeah, and I felt yeah. my depression phys- like, physically like a, like a ghost yeah, yeah, rise yeah. from my body. Yeah, me too. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. When I walked outside yesterday, I was like, I could wear sunglasses, and I can't tell you how happy that made me feel. Yeah, I honestly, I never thought that I had seasonal depression. I just thought I was miserable in the winter time. Yeah, no, that's seasonal depression, is it not? Yeah. <laughs> is that not the textbook definition of seasonal depression? Yeah. I think, well, I think the, the, the problem with this is, I think everybody in Pissland, aka the UK, yeah. suffers from seasonal depression. We I just kid ourselves that we don't. But I think we, do. we also suffer from situational depression. Situational depression, yes, yes. Because this is the worst country in Europe to live in. Yeah, I, I, maybe the world at the minute. I mean, not no, the world. No, not the world. That's a, yeah, that's a, maybe, okay, yeah. maybe Ukraine would be worse. That's true. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But we are, we're living, the, the difference that here is that we're, we're not at war. We're not at war and it's still shit. Still awful. Absolutely god awful. What's your week in a sentence, Rosie? And I hope yours isn't as bleak as mine was. I mean, it depends which way you look at it. My week in one sentence is a quote from Dave. Okay. Actual quote that he said to me. Uh-huh. You ready? Yeah. Not sure you want to use this sanitary towel. Lola has rubbed pickled onion monster munch into it. <laughs> That's just asking for a yeast infection, isn't it? Very tangy. <laughs> I think tangy on the flaps with pickled onion. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. I can't believe tangy on the flaps is a soundbite on this podcast. <laughs> I, I can't believe it either. It just came out of my mouth. So, for a bit of context, our bathroom is downstairs because we've yep. got like a 60s house where they decided to put bathrooms downstairs for some reason. Which is stupid. Really stupid. Well, it works quite well in our favour in the sense that the toilet is quite close to the children all of the time, which is good. Apart from when they're in bed. It's good, yeah. Well, no, they're, they're both, well, Lola's still in the nappy, but Lo- Ramona doesn't often need the toilet at night, which is great. Yeah. But it's good in the day. Start, to be fair. Good in the daytime because it means that they're close to the toilet, so they can go in and washing hands as well is easier because you've got like rather than the kitchen sink, you've got bathroom sink. So it's really good for having young kids and bathing as well is great because you're still, you know, you can kind of both of us can get away with doing baths, cooking, yeah, you can surveying multitask. your out, you can yeah. multitask. So it's quite good for that. What it is not good for is sanitary products <laughs> that your child can reach, or if which is what happened yesterday, if. Uh, Lola is wielding a Anna from Frozen doll and decides to just use it as a toilet brush. <laughs> oh, no. And the worst How part... How do you disinfect an Anna? I don't know. That's exactly what Dave said. <laughs> because the thing is, this is what continually happens now with Lola. Lola's quite... We said in the last episode, she's quite scavengy yeah. by nature. So she's quite like that with stuff as well. So she'll go looking for stuff like unwrapping all of my sanitary towels and wiping monster much into it but so like she'll she'll go hunting for things and so then what happens is you'll know she's been in the bathroom because you can hear her and then the next thing that comes out of your mouth is why is this Arna doll wet Lola why is the Lola why is the Arna doll wet and then you go into the bathroom and the toilet seats up oh no and then you're then you've got a how do you disinfect an Arna situation yeah and the answer to that is we don't know because we didn't do it <laughs> bin no, 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 we didn't bin it. It's, no, no, it's no, still no. in rotation. Gave it a wipe. Yeah. Gave it fine. a wipe, stuck it on the radiator. She seems okay. It'll build up her immune system. She'll be fine. Oh, I meant the Arna. 
I meant the Anadol's fine. I don't I know mean, if fine. We can't have sanitary products <laughs> reachable in our house either because my dog's favourite snack is used tampons out of the bin. Fuck off. Yeah. It is, it is a recurrent theme in our house. Has your dog got an iron deficiency? <laughs> my dog's a pervert. <laughs> I can just imagine you walking in on your dog and him just like looking around. Yeah, he does. Don't judge me. He's like got like a used tampon hanging out of his oh, mouth and he's like... God. Oh, God. Don't, don't judge me. I've got a problem. <laughs> and then he like slinks away and he's like left fluff all over the landing. Oh, Christ alive. Oh, my God. It doesn't even have to be like his favourite is his tampons. I love that he's got favourites. But like if there's a tissue in there, he'll have that. Oh, if no. there's like and like a, anything used. The inside cardboard bit of a toilet roll he loves. Yeah. Oh. He's fucking weirdo. The dog's disgusting. Yeah, he is. He's also like ravaged with skin diseases. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. He's just a disgusting thing. Ah, oh, so actually, talk so about after you. that quite gross introduction, <laughs> I was going to say like it's quite nice to go from used tampons onto what we're about to talk about today because it does involve quite a bit of like stuff going on in your yeah. In your I bits. mean, Snoop would have been having a field day with the bins. Oh, the the bins when you have only just given birth, they need their own like. You should be given like a hazardous material box. <laughs> basically yeah and also ironically you often are told to use things like um dog pads in your bed aren't you yeah to stop the blood from pouring out of your bed lovely so nice. if you hadn't noticed we're talking about the fourth trimester today which is the period of time just after you have your baby so the yes. first three months of your baby's life which are presented to you as being like living inside a cloud the newborn bubble. Oh, if you thought you were nesting before you had your baby, now you're in your nest with your baby. I oh. mean, and when they say the newborn born bubble, I think they only call it that because it bursts incredibly fucking quickly. Yeah. Oh, like within seconds of the baby being born, I would say. <laughs> it is It is burst kind of... You know how they burst your, when they like break your waters? Yeah. It's like that. Yeah, floodgates. Flood, yeah. 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 Yeah, it really annoys me. This, In fact, the whole term, fourth trimester, has been very much kind of either not listened to or kind of skewed. Because the idea is that term fourth trimester is to essentially give this idea that you're still not pregnant, but you're still in a zone where you're of pregnancy. Because it's just after pregnancy. Yeah. And you're in, like you say, the bubble. And so you're given this idea that the fourth trimester is quite a lovely place to be. Because it's got its own name. Yeah. And you've got your newborn. But then what's expected of you in the fourth trimester? It's to just get on with your life. It's like nothing has happened. You're in a period of time which has got its own name. It's three months of your life that's got a, a specific description that is a follow-on from pregnancy. But yeah. also, get on with it. Yeah. And good luck. Good luck. <laughs> good luck with all of it. Tell me about your fourth trimester. Tell me what happens. So Darcy's been born. Then what happens? So um, Darcy was born on a Sunday. Okay. And we, after like, after all of the post-birth things had been done, like I'd had a very exhausting shower 
Oh, the, the tea and the toast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went down to... So she was born in the morning. We went down to a ward at the hospital. And that was when I requested that I be transferred to St Mary's, which um, is a birthing centre and kind of a post-birth care facility. So it's a midwife-led, midwife-led unit, unit, but it's separate yeah. to a hospital. Yeah. So it's a bit like... When, when people describe St Mary's to me, it sounds very much like a 60s thing. Yes, and I think it was, it kind of started in the 60s. The sort of thing that is now led by midwives, but would have once been led by nuns. That's yes. the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very much the vibe that it is. Um, why, me, why was it suggested that you go there? It wasn't suggested to me by any of my medical professionals. Okay. I only heard about it from my NCT teacher. Oh, okay. And because I was a, a lone parent and... You come up with these lovely phrases to describe your, your single motherhood, like um, on purpose mother and things like that. And now you've said you're a lone parent. Lone parent. A lone parent. Um, I Had I not gone there, I would have gone straight to my house. Yes. Both of my parents were working full time. My dad works away. Yeah. Um, your brother's useless. My brother's useless. Shout out to your brother. <laughs> Shout out to Liam. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with the baby and my mum didn't have the time to adequately... She right. couldn't have the time off work to support me through that first... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those first really hard days. And yeah. also, she never breastfed. Yeah. So And I wanted to breastfeed. Yeah. So she wouldn't have been able to help me with that anyway. Yeah. That would have been really hard if you'd have gone straight home, wouldn't it? So I decided this... Like, I want to do that. That was a decision yeah. I made for myself. Yeah. Um. So she slept all day and I slept as well oh my god so she was born at 20 to 9 in the morning yeah by 11 o'clock we were both asleep and neither of us woke up until my parents came to visit at like six o'clock I very much dislike you right now <laughs> uh, it wasn't wow. so good because then you were up all night and she hadn't fed either at oh, all yeah. all day because we were both asleep but, yeah, yeah yeah but I got into the bed and I I couldn't keep my eyes open so I mm. held on to her little foot in the little fish tank they put them in, yeah. in the hospital yeah and fell asleep and I woke up with my arm completely dead because I was still holding uh, on to her little foot uh, and then because she'd been asleep and she was groggy she wouldn't latch so mm. I had to be milked like a cow what did one of the midwives milk you yeah wow and syringed colostrum I, do you know what nipples. I, I w- this is how bad my fourth trimester was I wish a midwife had milked me <laughs> I wish I'd been milked. That's how bad it was. God, I didn't know they could do that. Yeah, so she, well, she, so she was milking me at first, and then like she showed me how to milk myself. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's um, quite fun when you learn to milk yourself. That's quite, quite an achievement. Yeah. So I then went to St Mary's the next day, and I stayed there for five days. Uh huh. I stayed there from Monday to Friday. Oh, that's nice. Was it a good experience? Impeccable. Really? I couldn't recommend it enough. I am evangelical about it. Were there people there with partners? Yes. And could their partners stay? The or? partners could stay. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have a bed for the partners, so if the partners were to stay, they had to sleep in the chair. Oh, my God. It was like a recliner chair. I wish I'd have known about this, man. I know it existed, but I didn't think it would be something I could do. I mean, obviously, you had 
Lola during COVID, so I don't know whether partners would have been able to stay. Oh, yeah, probably not. But, but with when Miranda, I was there, oh partners God. could stay. Your birth partner, mm. so whether that be your partner or my birth partner was my mum. Yeah. Your birth partner and your existing children can visit you any time from, I think, 9am to 10pm. Oh, so you've got the, the whole day they can be with you. Yeah, your, your partner can stay over, I believe. Yeah. And but then anyone else can pop in. Yeah, and then there are visiting times for other other people to come in. I just think, right, and I know that places like this exist. I knew about St. They're Mary's. not very common, though, and they're I think not they enough should be they sh- more yeah. common. This is what I was going to say. Like, they're being closed down because of funding, right? Yeah. So St. Mary's, I think, was going to close down, was it not? It and was, And there was a lot yeah. of backlash about it. Because yeah. I think Leicester are quite... We've spoke about this before, about the home birth team. I think we're quite forward-thinking in our... Um, midwife-led sort of pregnancy and birth. I think we, I think Leicester seemed to be quite switched onto this idea that maybe midwives are important. Yeah, what? maybe. <laughs> and so St Mary's has always existed, and they've kept it open. And then they tried to close it, and Leicester went, nah, no, not happening. So it didn't close, which is great. But it just makes me really mad that these things are cl- like the, the experience that you're giving me or telling me about is an experience that every single mother should be allowed to experience. Yeah. And, and we're just not. I honestly could not speak highly enough about it. So I I checked in. I got there at about... You're, say, you're saying checked in like it was a hotel. Yeah. That's like how great it was. 4pm on the Monday. Oh. So then they, they gave me my dinner. So you got a hot dinner every day. Um, your hot dinner would be like your lunch. So you got your breakfast in the morning. Toast, cereal... Um, juices sounds better than travel lodge you got a hot hot lunch which they bring around your menu every day you pick what you wanted and then in the evening they had like a supper sandwiches and stuff and then there was a room where you had all the tea coffee biscuits crisps snacks fruit yogurts that you could access at any time they the first night i got there because like i said we'd slept all day the day she was born she didn't sleep at all that the sunday night no of course not she realized she wasn't in her tummy anymore (laughs) yeah and then she didn't sleep the monday night and i was trying to get her to latch and she Mm. wasn't and there are midwives on hand you press a button and a midwife will come and help you get your baby on the breast yeah and every time you press the button the midwife will come yeah and so she was putting her on and off the breast and she was having a bit, but she was still cross. And obviously when they're that yeah. new, your milk hasn't properly come in yet. So that yeah. it's a struggle. Yeah. And it got to about 4am and she hadn't slept mm. at all. Yeah. <clears throat> so the midwife said to me, would you like me to take her for a walk? I'll take her for a cuddle so you can get some rest. Ah. And I, at that point, was like, yes, please, please. So the midwife took her. She had her blankets and whatever. She took her down to the office for cuddles. Yeah. And I think because she wasn't there able to smell the milk. Yes. She helped. settled. Yeah. She yeah. didn't go to sleep, but she settled and she yeah. was happy enough. Yeah. Being passed around the midwives and the nurses for, yeah. for cuddles and stuff. And I got like four hours solid of sleep they brought her to me at about maybe even more they brought her to me at about 8am yeah and like oh she's ready for some breakfast now 
And you were like, and they I'm help, ready to give breakfast. They helped me put, get her latched and everything correctly. And then, and then that was it. So in the daytimes, like obviously new, very, very new babies sleep a lot in the day. Mine didn't. <laughs> well, <laughs> they very, very new generally tend to generally, sleep a lot yeah, in the yeah, day. Yeah. Um, so she would sleep most of the day. So I would read mm. and scroll on my phone yeah. and nap. Yeah. I was resting. They encourage you to rest a lot. Yeah. They check your baby every day just to make sure everything's okay. Yeah. They offered me a postpartum check at about three days in. Yeah. Just to check on my stitches. Yeah. Um, they taught me how to bath her. They had these sinks that were baby baths. Yeah. Taught me how to bath her. Um, because it, it's completely safe when I would go for a shower. Yeah. I could leave her in her little fish tank. Uh, you could actually go and have a shower. Go up and have a shower. And if she was to cry, mm. one of the nurses would come and take care of her until I came out of the shower. And another really nice thing is that you're, you're surrounded by other women that have also just, just given birth. Yeah. And you're all in it together. You're all in, in it together. And no one is judging you for your baby crying in the middle of the night. No, of course not. Oh, Christ. That it was just glorious. It was just so, so, so wonderful. Yeah. And I'm so glad I had that experience. Yeah. And I think that especially for people that come from that are having a, a non-traditional mm. kind of dynamic in their family whether yeah. you're a solo mom by choice or whether you know there are other reasons why you're a single parent yeah or if you've just had a c-section or yeah. if you you know whatever the reason it is if you are struggling with that support at home mm. it's there and the professionals are there to give it for you and help you and they can't help enough yeah and it all almost was so good that it kind of set me up for a fall a little bit made it hard when you got because home. i got home and nothing it was all so different yeah 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 but it also did kind of give me the confidence to be like i know what to do with you this know what baby. you're doing and also like because for me i didn't get the recuperation that i needed so you had those five days where you were able to sleep a, a generally normal amount and it was just they're there so that you can rest and yeah. you can recover. Yeah, that's what they're there for. And you need to rest and recover because if you don't rest and recover, like I didn't get the chance to, then you become mentally unstable. Yeah. And then you're then you're on a slippery slope. Yeah, and that's absolutely. Really, that's the really scary thing. How, we, you know, I would consider myself very like stable of mind and I've never had any like predispositions to sort of mental health and I'm very lucky in that respect. And I definitely suffered postnatal depression, which stemmed from the lack of help I got at the beginning and the traumatic birth. Yeah. And I could have very easily got much worse if, like, I didn't have the support network I currently have. Yeah. And so for someone who doesn't have that support network to have to have gone through what I went through, which is fairly normal. Yeah. That's, that's you know, yeah. too slippery a slope for me, for mm-hmm. my liking. So there should be a St. Mary's for every single woman that oh, births. I think that any woman that wants to go there, wants to yeah. go to a place like that, a birth... center yeah should have the opportunity to do so yeah because in in china for example it's very very normal that's the thing it is culturally yeah the first i believe it's 30 days after the baby is born yeah it's about the woman's recuperation so it's it's quite common in china for women to go and check into like a birth i don't know if they call them birth hotels or something baby hotels yeah and 
It's the same sort of thing. Yeah, it's essentially a hotel that's got medical staff, midwives, um, food, acupuncturists, food, massage therapists, you yeah. name it, they're there. And there are different like packages and different, uh, it varies in how kind of luxurious it is. Yeah, yeah. But they're there so that you have your chance to rest and recover. Yeah. Before getting on with the, the extremely arduous task of raising a baby. Raising a baby. Oh my God. So, shall I tell you about my first week? Yeah. It wasn't St. Mary's. No, it wasn't idyllic like mine. It wasn't idyllic. So, uh, if you listen to the labour episode, which you might not have done because it was quite horrific, my birth with Ramona was horrendous, really awful. And when I'd had, so it lasted about three days, it was all sorts of hell. But we had her, and then uh, you do the bit where you get out of your bed after your epidural and everything falls out of you, apart from the baby, because that's come out. Mm-hmm. But there's the big splashdown, and then you have the shower, the very awkward shower. Yeah. And then you. We wait. I think they had to wait quite a while for the epidural to wear off. The key here for next week is that I asked a midwife specifically to check Ramona's mouth for a tongue tie because I, we suffer from tongue ties in our family. This will all become very clear if you don't know what it is in the next episode, which mm-hmm. is feeding. And I knew that she would probably have a tongue tie and that would n- not help with breastfeeding. So I asked a midwife to check her for the tongue tie, which she did so and said, no, your child doesn't have a tongue tie. She was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, so then they checked her over and then they did the thing where you put them in a fish tank and then walked us to a ward. Yeah. And Ramona slept from the time we put her in the fish tank until Dave left the ward. And I'm not I'm not making this up. This is not an exaggeration. This is the only time she slept for three months. Properly. And I'm not even joking. <laughs> So she, we, we took her to this ward. It was midnight. So they took me to the ward where there's lots of other mums with their babies, but it was midnight, so they're all asleep. None of the babies were crying, by the way, which I don't understand. Yeah. Please explain that to me. So then they, they, they wheeled us in, gave me a bed, pulled the curtain around, and they said, you've got to go now, Dave, because it's midnight and you can't be here. So he was like, okay, bye. So he went, and then I was like, I I tried feeding her, so I'd like had her feeding on me whilst we we're in the room. And but like you say, it's quite difficult, it's quite hard for the milk to come through. They don't know what they're doing, you don't know what you're doing, it's all a bit of a mess. So yeah. I tried feeding her. You're also you're exhausted. You're exhausted, you can barely hold your hands up, like your it's stress just levels are through the roof. Insane. <laughs> very, very stressful. Isn't gonna help with trying your to feed milk it. anyway. Yeah, exactly. So then Dave had gone, and then I was like trying to feed Lola, but Ramona, sorry. But then I was also kind of like, again, if you listened in the labour episode, it lasted about three days, and I didn't have any sleep in that time, so I needed to sleep. So I very cautiously pressed the button because I was like, oh, I don't want to bother anyone, but if if I don't if I don't sleep, I'm going to die. <laughs> like I have to sleep. So I pressed the button reluctantly, like I don't want to. Oh, I don't want to bother one of these midwives whose jobs it is to come and help me. Yeah. <laughs> so I pressed the button and the midwife came in and I was like, I have to, I've got to sleep. I've got, I've got to sleep. She was like, okay, no problem. She's really lovely about it. She knew I wanted to breastfeed, but she took, so she took Ramona away. I fell asleep instantly, but I knew, I checked the time. She came back an hour later. So I got an hour's sleep. And that was the last hour of sleep you That's got. The, yeah. I got an hour's sleep. She gave, she came back and she went, she needs milk. And just gave it to me and walked off. 
and I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I had to sit there as I was, you know, when your head's flopping because you're falling asleep over and over again. Yeah. And I was looking so out. You had to shoehorn your tit into the yeah. baby's mouth. Yeah. And it was, and at this point it started to hurt. Yeah. And I'd been told she didn't have a tongue tie. She did. I'd been told she didn't have a tongue tie, so I thought it was my fault. Yeah. And I was staring at the window, staring at the window, just willing for the sun to rise. Yeah. And I did that until like 5am. And then I was like, I don't, I didn't know what to do. I kept trying to put her in the, in the fish tank and she's not having it. She's not having it. She's screaming. So I'm worried I'm waking up all the other mums and that continues. I think at about 5am, I was like, Dave's probably had enough sleep now for me to text him and be like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah. Genuinely like, I'm not, I'm obviously not allowed to give her to the midwives because they've given me an hour and I was just sat there like I don't know what to do and I just held her up I just basically like held her on my boobs yeah for that whole time whilst trying not to fall asleep and in fact I did fall asleep I fell asleep with my head slumped over and I had to keep like jolting awake because I was like I've got a baby I don't know what to do um so that happened then Dave finally came in the morning as early he was at the door the doors were still locked like they lock the doors and they don't let people in and he was at the door like let me I'm here I'm here for my baby (laughs) Because I'd been texting him. I was like, you, you need to get here as soon as you can so we can get out of here. I was yeah. so like, I have to get out of this hospital. Because I was so traumatised. And then we had to wait around for hours for different doctors to come and do... You know, they do like weird checks to make sure yeah, they can see. Darcy failed her newborn hearing check. Uh, and then twice. You, and then you're worried that your because, baby's gone wrong. Because she was snoring. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Because she was very typical. Not to be smog or anything, but she was very typical in that. But she slept... Most of the day, yeah, and then, then you had the night. not at all at night time, yeah, yeah. not at all, not at all. Yeah, so they did all those checks on her, made sure she was, you know, okay, and then they finally discharged us. We were like, we're going home, we're going home. We kept going up to the desk. I was like, go up to the desk, tell them we want to leave, we want to leave, and we had to keep pushing them to be like, can we please leave? Yeah. So we left at about midday, got home to our tiny little one bedroom flat, and Dave held Ramona for three hours. So I could sleep. And then she was screaming so badly that it was like uh, disturbing him. (laughs) So then he woke me up. um, And she basically just from that point on didn't sleep. So I I was saying to Dave the other day about it. Like I got four hours sleep in the ward and three hours sleep that Dave gave me over four days. I got four hours sleep in four days. Um, Lest we forget, (laughs) dear listeners, that sleep deprivation is literally a form of torture an actual form yeah it is of course it is they use it in the SAS don't they yeah oh my god but so yeah so that was like the first day and then uh three days old Ramona was and she sticks up blood fuck yeah but because at this point I'm gonna have to keep saying it my baby doesn't have tongue tie does she my baby doesn't have tongue tie I'm just rubbish at breastfeeding so basically, she does have a tongue tie, she can't get the milk properly, and she's completely battered my boobs to the point that they've been bleeding. That's how badly she... Oh, was. so that's why she sicked so up she blood. Sicked up blood. So, so, so she sicked up your blood. She sicked up my blood from my nipples. But because I was so sleep deprived, and we were both so terrified, we didn't know what to do. So Dave rang 111, and of course, 111 are not saying down the phone, are you sure it's not just your nipples? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, they haven't got a fucking clue. So they're like, you should go to A&E if your baby's sticking up blood. And we're like, well, we're pretty sure that it's come from her nipples. But also, like, it's just a bit weird that she's... Uh, I'm so tired. Yeah. <laughs> so they send us to hospital. Um, 
and we go to hospital and we have to go through like a million we're sat in the like kids A&E department uh, whilst I'm trying to breastfeed her falling asleep the stark light that is on in that A&E department when it's three o'clock in the morning is something else god that honestly Rosie that makes oh, me feel for you sick. so much feel like, sick oh my god we waited at least an hour to see someone the guy like checked her tummy and I thought that was it. I thought he was going to go, yeah, I think she's fine. I think you're right. I think it's just a nip. And he went, okay, if you wait outside, then we'll get you to a doctor. I was like, what? You're not the fucking doctor? So then we had to wait another sort of maybe 45 minutes. And then a porter walks us through the undergrowth of the hospital, like literally like underground. The tunnel. Whilst I'm holding my baby and she's on my boob. And then we, and then we appear in a ward. And then the lady sees us. She checks like her temperature and all of that stuff. And then we see another doctor, but then a doctor saw us. And he was really cool. He kind of reminded me of like the fun, the fun Spanish guy that's in like that 70s show. <laughs> he was a bit like him, but he was really lovely. It made us sort of feel a bit better. But he was like, yeah, your, your boobs were bleeding. <laughs> After all of that, he was like, there's nothing wrong with your baby's tummy. But they also weighed her because she wasn't putting on any weight. Yeah. So, this is the worst bit, I think. This is the worst bit. <laughs> the worst bit. So, they do all the checks, and then basically we have to sit in, like, a waiting area for an hour whilst they go and do something that is unknown to me. Yeah. I don't know why we weren't just discharged at that point, but we wait around for a piece of paper that says, we've checked your baby, and we're fairly convinced that it's just the, the blood from your nipples. Yeah. So, we're waiting around three days in, no sleep, pretty knackered. And whilst we're waiting, a male nurse comes out, love, like, lovely man, so lovely, really softly spoken, really nice, was really encouraging. And he'd also, he was tasked to weigh Ramona and he was the one to be like, she's put on the weight that she lost at the, in the first couple of days. So that's a really good sign. Yeah. He was really encouraging and lovely. But then at the end of his talk about weighing her, he said, do you know, um, you know, I uh, I used to come into the North Face quite a lot when you worked there. <laughs> and he's like, do you remember? Um, yeah, because you, you, you worked there, didn't you? And I was like, yes. And he's like, yeah, I used to come in all the time. Yeah, I remember we, we chatted quite a lot. You, you, you used to, are you going back there? Started to make small talk about North Face. And I was like, please, fuck off. <laughs> like, I cannot think of a worse time to start. Chatting. To remind me that I've that he knows who I am. <laughs> oh, I know you. Yes, we've met before. Oh, have we? How do I look in comparison to when we last <laughs> met? So that was awful. Um, so yeah, that happened. Um, yeah, and then it just got worse. We yeah, Ramona didn't sleep. She didn't. She, my boobs got worse. She kept losing weight. The health editor really disliked us because. She just didn't put weight on. And we thought her school needed rearranging. There's a thing where their cranium can kind of get deformed if they're sucked out, like she was. Oh, I had that when I was born. I had a pointy head because well, I got... Yeah, yeah. You get like a pointy well, head. Well, I didn't get Von Tusta, but I was stuck in the U-bend for so long. Mm, nice. That my head just was really Coned. pointy. Yeah. But what that what can then happen... So some people will talk about this. Um, it's called cranial osteopathy. And essentially, when a baby is born like that, and it like misshe- literally misshapes their head because their their skull bones are really malleable, aren't they? Yeah. And if they don't sort of settle back into place, 
it can affect like their their not their posture but like their necks and their heads can ache and it can affect how they feed because their jaw is like suffering like they they get painful jaws essentially because it's not connected to their skull properly yeah and you can take your baby to see a cranial osteopath who will essentially like I don't know like massage their heads to make it better so we considered that we never did it in the end but we just thought because that one fucking midwife told us that our baby didn't have a tongue tie all of that pain and hell that was all her not being able to get milk from me mm-hmm. was exacerbated by the fact that we were like but she doesn't have a tongue tie I don't understand yeah and she had one of the worst tongue ties that the tongue tie specialist had ever seen so how did you end up finding out that she did have a tongue tie? Um, my health visitor realised that I was mentally unstable and suggested I see a lactation consultant. <laughs> <laughs> so we saw a lactation consultant and she was like, your baby's... She, I'm not kidding. We walked into the room. Lactation consult, consultant, by the way, are great. They're just not talked about enough. It's another one of those things where it's like they probably want to try and keep the costs low so they don't tell yeah. people about it. If you're struggling feeding, go and see a lactation consultant immediately. Um, but yeah, we walked in the room. There she, lovely lady, introduced ourselves. We sat down, and she was like, "You're really struggling with your latch." And she, I, I fed Ramona. I started feeding Ramona. She didn't look at Ramona at, at all. She just watched me try and feed. And then she looked at me and Dave, and she just got us to open our mouths. And she went, "Yeah, your baby's got tongue tie." And I was like, "But we were told she has it." Yeah, no, she's got tongue tie. <laughs> I don't even need to like assess her to know that she has a tongue tie. So you need to get it cut if you want to continue breastfeeding. Yeah. So you can get it snipped, which we did. Um, and then it grew back. So we have to get it snipped again. We'll talk about that later, hey. It grew back. Yeah, 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 man. Oh, man, the feeding thing. So So we'll discuss that more in we'll the discuss that. episode. So one of the things, that's our first week. So we've both explained our first week. We've mentioned before the sleep, the sleep deprivation, how awful it is. It is yeah. torture. yeah. Um, it makes you feel like you're not even a person anymore. You're just, yeah, so non-person. <laughs> so non-person. One of the things that I really want to talk about is your body physically. Because it's such a mental strain mm-hmm. and because it's so like all, all the things that I remember from those first weeks, the, the sort of things we've just described. And it was like almost an afterthought for me to be like, oh my God, yeah, my whole body was broken. <laughs> Yeah. So I think we need to we need to really talk about like physically what happens to you. Yeah. Like, for example, the first poo. (laughs) The first poo. Midwives tell you about it when you've had your baby, but no one mentions it before, do they? No. No, they do not. No, they do not. And especially so for me, uh because I kind of knew I was gonna be going into labour and I was terrified that I was gonna who when having the baby? Who when I was having the baby? Everyone worries about that. So I was like, I'm gonna go before like. That's good. That's good. So I did, and then my first poo came. I think three days in. <sighs> she was born on the Sunday. The first poo came on the Wednesday. Mm. And <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. So Sinead's just done a funny look. You probably can't hear this because the microphones here are so wonderful. Um, but whilst we're talking about postpartum poos, there's a very heavy metal band playing in one of the, oh, the, rooms. Of the rooms. So it's quite fitting that there's someone going, Ooh, whilst we're talking about postpartum yeah. poos. Yeah, Maybe that's so, what they're singing about. Who knows? But because, right, so when you've just had a bit, if you've just had a vaginal birth, you stand up and it feels like all your organs are going to yeah. fall out of your vagina. And if you walk too much, it feels like... My think, hips, yeah. because I did suffer with quite a bit of, uh, like, 
pubic pain yeah towards the very end of my pregnancy yeah because i have um i'm hypermobile anyway yeah and i have quite elastic joints so obviously all of the hormones in your body that make you be able to stretch oh yeah they're like over exaggerated so my hips were in a in bad shape because holding your legs open for four hours i mean that's the sort of thing that like they don't even do at crossfit like it's it's insane it's it's stressful on your body yeah of course and then you go and have your first poo so it already feels like everything is going to fall out yeah and then you're pushing oh that pain and i was like something else (laughs) everything is going to come out so i had to literally my mom said it will make you feel better if you get a pad and hold oh, it yes. over yourself. Someone, someone told me that too. While you yeah, push I did that too. to get the poo out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did exactly the same thing. And I must have been in the toilet for 45 minutes. Terrifying. Terrifying. And I was like, oh my God, it's never going to come out. You kind of have to like let it... You have to kind of do the same thing as when you're having the baby. Like, don't push. But also, you've got to get it out. Yeah. Oh, God. I remember with Lola, my first poo, I... I, I um, nearly vomited because it was so painful. I was like, I was like wretched. I was shaking. Shaking, crying. Sweating. Sweating. I had to strip <laughs> naked. <Yeah. laughs> Me too. I was on the toilet and I was literally ripping my clothes. Yeah. I had to be completely naked. And I, yeah, awful. I was like, if I am not naked, this one, <laughs> it's not going to happen. And you're like clutching onto the side of the bathroom. Like, the f- <laughs> the Go on. First poo after a festival. Oh yeah, when you've been really holding. Yeah, it's like that times a hundred. <laughs> yeah, t- yeah. If you've ever had a difficult, if you if you've ever been going through it, struggled with pooing at festivals after a festival, this yeah. is worse. It's that on, on by, crack <laughs> by at least a million times. Oh, it's just awful. But like the, I think the thing is as well is it's like your your that that whole area is just so tender. It's tender, and but also achy. numb. Numb, tender, achy, but you get stingy pains. Yeah, the weeds are, are not great. The weeds aren't great. Feeling. You're supposed to drink... The thing is, you're supposed to drink loads of water to make the weeds not hurt, because if you've had any grazes, then it's going to be stingy. But you don't want to drink loads of water, because you don't want to wee all the time, and you don't want to sit on a bloody toilet. Yeah. Also, you're still, like, bleeding, so there's still loads of stuff coming yeah, out of you. Yeah, and the blood is gross. The blood's gross. It's called lochia. Is it? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, the blood, the blood that comes out of you when you have your baby. And you have to wear these um, pads that are essentially like a toddler mattress. Toddler mattress in the pants, in yeah. In the pants. You also have to put um, those sort of pads in your bed. Yeah. So you don't leak in your bed. So what my mum told me to do, which was a great move, was slather the thing with Savlon cream and put it in the freezer. Oh. And then put it in nice. your pants. Nice. Great. Great oh. move, but then but also like, not only that, but you like you you feel like that it's really tender. But then they still check you loads as well, don't they? See, for me, I they didn't. They Did you offered, just have one? They offered me checks while I yeah. was at St Mary's. Yeah, but I didn't really feel like I, I didn't really want anyone to finger me at that point. No. <laughs> so I was like, um, we've mentioned fingering before. It continues. Yeah, <laughs> the bloody pervs. So I was like, uh, no fingering today, thank you. And yeah, thank then you. I got kind of three days in, and I was like, oh yeah, I suppose I'll let you finger me a bit today. Why not? 
I've had the baby now. Sure. Because at, at that point, cause I wasn't sure if I still had a stitch. Because I only had yeah. two stitches to fix a little graze. Yeah, me too. And I was trying to kind of feel if it was there. I didn't even dare. I and didn't I... even dare feel it, Sinead. I was like, no, I don't want my hands to go anywhere near there. Yeah. Let it alone other people's. It took me a long, long time, actually. And this is me about to be very, very open with the podcast. Sorry, we've not, not been to... not been so far. I know, yeah. But this almost feels like more oversharing okay. than usual. Go on then. It took me a really, really long time after having Darcy to re-establish a connection with my vagina. Oh yeah, I don't think I t- like even dared touch it for over a year. I felt at least. I felt so disconnected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From it, it had a. F- I think the thing is, it has a function. And that function is quite painful and it really fucks it up. And so you then don't, you kind of don't want to think about it, do you? You just don't, it just is then the function that it is. It gave birth to something and you do your wheeze and poos and that is it. Yeah. And that is it. And I, do, I really do applaud people who have babies and then immediately start having sex because those people are psychopaths, mavericks. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> Either or, both like, at the yeah, same time. I, I've heard stories about women like that have got the husband in the bed, in the delivery room. Who? I'm like, who's gonna want? Who are why? they? Huh? I don't understand. No. They, well, they, it's weird because well, apparently, isn't breastfeeding like an an act of getting you fertile again? Well, no, because breastfeeding reduces your fertility okay so because you don't yeah or you tend not to get your period if you're exclusively breastfeeding for longer i didn't have i didn't have with both kids i didn't have a period for over a year really yeah because i was breastfeeding mad isn't it it's great i feel only joy (laughs) breastfeeding only joy of breastfeeding but yeah i think like i thought that there was something to do with breastfeeding and your fertility which either prevented you or didn't prevent you yeah there is something to do with breastfeeding and fertility yeah, we uh, just. But I think it's. We should research that. Yeah, we should, <laughs> we should look research into that it. further. Um. Oh yeah. So talking of orifices, let's talk about the six to eight week check because I had the worst six to eight week check known to man. Unless you can top me, do you want to try and top trump me? No, I didn't <laughs> even have an internal examination. You didn't have one. No. Okay. So I'll tell you mine very quickly. For those who don't know, you have a six to eight week check, but they put the emphasis on the baby. What they don't tell you very much is that it's actually a check on both of you. They just asked me some questions. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, so my doctor was a horrible lady. And if I ever saw her again, I would want to punch her in the face. Like genuinely awful, awful lady. She was... um Okay, so she checked Ramona first. Mm-hmm. They do checks to check their like reactions and stuff, don't they? So yeah. they're like they're they're doing reflexes things to and reflexes. Things like, like that. And Ramona was crying because she was Ramona and she didn't stop crying for three months and she was quite hungry because she had a tongue tie. And so the six to eight week check was just about the time I think we had either just had the tongue tie cut or she'd not had it yet. So she was still very hungry and angry. Yeah. And the doctor was like, I can't get her to I can't do this test on her if she carries on crying. And I was like, she's a baby. (laughs) And she was clicking in her face. She was clicking in Ramona's face. And Ramona was screaming. That would make me want to cry. Make me want to scream. She was (laughs) screaming so much that she was going red and sweating. That's how much she was screaming. And she was going, I can't do this test on her if she's crying. And I was like, okay. But you're a doctor. You're a doctor. What do you want me to do? And she was like, does she need feeding? And I was like, well, yeah, she needs feeding every half an hour currently. She's a six-week-old baby. And she went, okay, well, you'll have to feed her then. 
um, you can go in the room next door and I'll see my next patient. So she put me in a room that wasn't a doctor's room. It was a cupboard. It was a glorified cupboard with a chair in it and made me feed Ramona while she saw her next patient. Then she knocked on the door and was like, let's try again. And because I'd fed her, she was like mildly less crying. And she basically, the doctor just gave up. She kind of clicked at her and went, yeah, fine. And then she asked me about me and asked me if I was okay. And I was like, yeah, fine. And she was like, physically, really short with me. And then um, she asked me about my bowel movements. And I was like, yeah, it's still quite stingy. It hurts quite a bit. She was like, well, that's not normal for six weeks. So I'll have to check. And I was like, uh, okay. So she made me put Ramona down. Ramona's screaming. I get on the bed. She sticks a finger up my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. And she went, okay, you've got like a, you've got my, mild hemorrhoids. So just keep an eye on it. And then made me leave. That was my six six straight recheck. That is not how you should treat someone after anal. <laughs> it is not. No, no. <laughs> what make you leave? <laughs> Un- unbelievable. It's not my unbelievable. P- the fact that she wasn't like preparing you, like oh, I'm just gonna. No, no, no. She was just like, get your kicks off, bend over, well, not bend over. But bend over. <laughs> oh God. Oh, I know no. it's, it sounds like, I know it sounds like, oh, it's a bit cringy, but I think that what I take away from that is like, it is absolutely abhorrent how it is okay for medical professionals to treat you. Yeah. You've just clicked at my baby, forced me into a cupboard with her. I shoved a finger up my ass. <laughs> yeah. I should be writing you up, mate. I very nearly complained. I was so close to complaining to the surgery because I don't think that's appropriate appropriate behavior but i was too scared to because i was so vulnerable yeah. and and that that point that six to eight weeks so uh we will we'll talk very quickly about going back to work um but dave got his two week the full two weeks parental leave you get how wonderful and then oh. took another two weeks holiday don't get me started don't get me leave. started because this is something that i really want to cover more in depth yeah. Um, especially when we get a dad on the podcast to talk about this. Yeah, we'll go into more detail about parental leave. Even though I, Darcy doesn't have a dad, mm. I still think that the fact that mums are legally entitled yeah. to X amount of time off and it's still okay to just assume yeah. that dads don't need time off with yeah. their baby as well. Their baby, yeah. Two weeks is all all it needs, all they need. It is, it is disgusting. But so Dave because took the two women weeks. need women need support. Yeah, it's not time. about the thing. Is I think they the way that it's still looked at is like the dad gets to spend two weeks with his baby. How lovely! That's not what we're talking about. We need support from the fathers for more than two weeks. Yeah. Otherwise, you are at a very high risk of mental deterioration, which I can vouch for. Yeah. Like you, it's not you're not okay. You're not okay at all, and and especially like if you've not got a support network at all, mm. if you've not got like you know grandparents and stuff helping out. Yeah, because although it's it's important to note that although Darcy doesn't have a dad, I live with my parents. Yeah, and I lived with my parents at that time. I had so much help around me, and still, and still do. Still, yeah, but it's still really hard work. Yeah, and it it was still really hard work, mm. and. That those first few weeks you're still finding your feet yeah your baby if they sleep mm. sleeps in the daytime 
Mm. And it's not as easy as sleep when the baby sleeps. No, of course it's fucking Because not. when the baby sleeps, you've got other shit to do. I've seen a quote that's quite nicely done, which is, I'll sleep when the, ba- I'll sleep when the baby sleeps and I'll do the laundry when the baby does the laundry. Like, it's not, it's <laughs> yeah. not as simple. Yeah. I, Dave went back to work after four weeks because he took two weeks of his own holiday to stay. And the day he went back to work, we were both terrified. And it was all right, but then very quickly I deteriorated mentally and he had to, he had to take care days. So I don't know if every company do this, but his work do, which is where you can take basically sick sick days for a loved one, yeah. someone you're caring for. So he had to take time off to care for me because I was on the brink of, you know, probably being sectioned. <laughs> like I was, you know, I was a me- I was an absolute mess. And... I think it's really important to talk about that because I had him. I have a family who are very close to me. I have a support network. I have friends. And I was at crisis point. Yeah. So it's very easy to be at crisis point when you have a baby. Yeah. Is basically what you should take from this. It's an extremely, extremely slippery slope. Very slippery slope. And it's a very quick slip as well, isn't it? Yeah. Because I can can pinpoint certain days Mm. on like during those first three months there's three occasions in particular that spring to mind yeah where things could have gone south extremely quickly yeah yeah. because i think you're experiencing emotions that you have never experienced before Mm, yeah and it's very difficult to process how to deal with these emotions that you're having i remember darcy was maybe four weeks old I was breastfeeding Mm. exclusively until she was about eight weeks but I don't think I ever really I don't know whether my supply wasn't enough or whether she was just an extra hungry baby or maybe there was an issue with a tongue tie or something like that but it was never looked into yeah yeah that's it but she was just always hungry and when I was exclusively breastfeeding when I say she was attached to my boob all the time. All the time. Yep. I would say no less than 19 hours a day. Yeah, me too. And yeah, she yeah. would be on me for yeah. 20 mm. minutes on, 10 minutes, 10 minutes off. off. 20 minutes, yeah, yeah. 20 minutes on, I think midwives downplay that pot side of breastfeeding to stop people being scared to do it. And they're like, no, no, it's fine. It's just it's cluster feeding. It's just cluster that feeding. Doesn't... Cluster feeding is feeding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's feeding, cluster feeding. And I, she wasn't sleeping at night time mm. at all. In the daytime... I couldn't do anything because if she was asleep, yeah. she was it's on, on my boob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we started so, to co-sleep. So I couldn't sleep when she slept. No, of course not. Because also, because I was at, at home on my own with her. Oh, yeah, you can't like I get away terrified. with it. Almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there were yeah. a few times that I fell asleep yeah. in the bed. Me too. With her. It scares the shit out of you, doesn't it? And, I, and, and the sleep was so desperately needed mm. that it was sleep of the dead yeah yeah yeah. i wouldn't have woken up Mm. if i'd have rolled on top of her god forbid i wouldn't have woken up because it's like they say you shouldn't co-sleep if you have been drinking or taken drugs yeah i also think that that should arguably go for if you are so tired that when you do go to sleep you can't wake up you can't wake yourself Mm. up but how what else are you supposed to do exactly what else are you supposed to do what else are you supposed to do there is no alternative there's literally no alternative, and especially in, in the case I nodded where... off when she was on my lap on the couch. Yeah, yeah. Because I was so tired. Yeah. And people are like, 
oh, you know, it's normal to be tired after you've just had a baby. Mm. But I don't think people should be saying that. Right. Yes, it is normal. It's very normal. Of course you're going to be tired after you've had a baby. Yeah. But you shouldn't be like, and that is the way that it should be. No. It's like yeah. what you said about like sleep sleep deprivation is an actual act of torture. It's an act of torture for a reason. And having a newborn, and especially when you're trying to exclusively breastfeed, because when you're bottle feeding, the joy of that is that you can pass them on to someone else and someone else can take that feed for you. Yeah. If you're trying to exclusively breastfeed and you are, like you explained, 20 minutes on your boob, 10 minutes off, 20 minutes on your boob, 10 minutes off, 24 hours a day, then you are being tortured in, uh, with sleep. Yeah, and it's, it's horrible as well. Horrible. Because the thing that you love most in the world yeah. is the thing that is torturing you. Yeah, and you feel so guilty about that as well. Yeah. This is something I want to bring up um, about uh, that, that sort of thing, that kind of um, relationship, which might be different for you because you don't have a partner and you're at home with your family, so there's, there was more of you. So I don't know if it's different. But I had this thing where... Uh, I call it the give her back to me conundrum, which is where I would give Ramona to Dave because I couldn't cope anymore quite often throughout the day and night. <laughs> he would take it in turns. That's normal if you've got a partner. And if you've got a partner who doesn't want to take it turns, then you should boot them out of the house. Should look for a new partner. Look for a new partner. Um, so we would try and like take it in turns as, as equally as possible. But inevitably, because Ramona wasn't getting enough milk from me, she was always awake and always sad and angry. And her crying was gave me a physically emotional effect. Like, I couldn't bear it. Like, I wanted to throw myself off a building every time she cried. Yeah. And so he would be trying to, like, console her and get her to sleep. I couldn't sleep through her crying. It made me have panic attacks. So I would, in the end, what would happen is I'd be like, I'm too tired. Please take my child from me. Mm-hmm. The child would cry. I'd feel physically sick and want to die. And I would say, just give her back to me. Yeah. I'd make Dave give her back to me. And he'd go, no, no, it's okay. And I'm like, no, I physically can't deal with this. Take the child back. Try and feed the child whilst falling asleep. The partner feels guilty that he can't do more. Yeah. I feel physically knackered and also emotionally. <laughs> and that went on for months. Yeah. About six months. It was a, a bit different for me because there were more of us at home. And I think it still had a similar mental toll on me because yeah. it felt to me like Darcy would settle better. So you ha- it had kind people. of the opposite effect for you. Yeah. It was like I'm I'm a bad mother because she will settle on other people. But the reason why she was settling for other people was because one I was on my own with her from sort of 8 a.m. till 5 p.m. Yeah. every day. Yeah. And she was 20 minutes on, 10 minutes off my yeah. boob. Yeah. Your baby picks up on your stress. Of course. And yeah. I was so stressed because I was like, why won't she, why isn't she getting enough from me? Uh-huh. What? Why does she sound hungry all the time? Why is she so cross? Why is she crying all the time? And then my mum would come home and she wasn't stressed like I was. Yeah. And because I think Darcy couldn't, wasn't being tormented by the smell of my milk mm-hmm. right next to her face. Yeah. That my mum would pick her up and immediately she would settle. Yeah. And I would think, well, why is... And now you can I can rationalise that. that now. Yeah. At the time, in my head, that meant that Darcy hated better. me. Yeah, yeah, she hated you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's great, isn't it? Um, and don't get me wrong, there are 
lovely moments. Yeah, that's it. And I think, but that's why we're talking about the bad bits of this is because so often it's spoken about like the newborn stage. Oh, it's so lovely. And we're just being really realistic about it because it's okay to feel like you're having the worst time ever because it's really hard work. Yeah. And for some people, it might be the best time ever. It might well be. But But if you're having a really, really fucking tough and horrible time it's okay it's okay and it's not you it's not your fault no it's not that your baby won't settle it's not your fault Mm. that you're having a rubbish time you're not a deficient parent because you are not enjoying the newborn bubble and well this is this will be a big key feature of the next episode with feeding because i think this is a massive thing what we've just described is uh, you know quite a general i think from people we know that the first few weeks is like that it's quite hard. It's yeah. quite full on. And if you're trying to exclusively breastfeed, which most of you do nowadays, it's kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. If you then decide to give your baby a bottle of formula because it's too much for you, you have not failed. Yeah, no. At all. Well, for me... At all. I remember... That, and this was one of those moments that mm. where I said before... On the edge. I was on the edge. Mm. It could have gone so differently. Yeah. It was a Saturday morning. My dad was building new wardrobes in my bedroom. Great. I was trying to feed Darcy. She yeah. just wasn't taking my boob for some reason. Yeah. Or she just would latch on for a minute and then yeah. spit it out and whatever. Um, I had this moment where I was looking at her and she didn't feel real. Yeah. 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 And I remember picking her up and I was like looking at her. And I just had this vision yeah. of me shaking her to stop her crying. Yeah. And that fucking terrified, terrified me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I I had to put her down. Yeah. I had to, I had I had to take my hands yeah. off of her. Yeah. Because I was like, if I'm holding this baby I'll throw for her. another second, yeah. I will throw her. Yeah, yeah. I've had that, and you, you'll actually, I, I was you can't hold- see on the microphone, but she's got her hands in the air. I've done that a few times, where I've had to literally hold my hands in the air and go, I can't, I, I can't hold- do it. Yeah, and then my mum walked into the room, and she just said, very gently yeah. to me, walk away. she just said to me, would you like me to give her a bottle? And we had oh, some little bottles. Oh god, bottles. that's made me tear up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she had, we had those little bottles of the pre-made, pre-made, yeah. pre-made fil- formula. So she had those little, you know, the little five ounce yeah, yeah, yeah. little ones. Yeah. So she gave her maybe a quarter of one of those. Sneak. Knocked her out for four hours. Oh, same, same, same. And my mum said to me, she was like, I'm going to take her. And it was, yeah. it was like she was, my mum was speaking to a wounded animal. Yeah. At that point. Don't worry. You don't need to bite my hand off. I'm going to take the she baby was like, away. Yeah. I'm going to take her. Yeah. My dad was in my room building this wardrobe. So she was just like. You lie down in our bed. I'm going to take yeah. her. I'm going to feed her, and I will bring her back. Like, oh my god, this is making me yeah, feel no, really emotional. it's horrible. It's horrible. And yeah, I will... the same. <laughs> <laughs> and I will bring her back to you later. Yeah. And I remember, I laid down in the bed, and for about three seconds, I was like, maybe my mom is better at taking care of her than I am. And then there was no thoughts after that. Yeah. Because I. Gone. Was unconscious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I felt, exa- I had exactly the same thing. And no, it's hard, isn't it? Because it's, because what you're saying, it's a really hard thing to say. Like, I want, I, 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 I needed wanted to, to harm I my baby. I wanted to harm my baby. That's what you're saying. Because that's how it feels. I had that so many times. But I remember my auntie said this to me and I remembered it every time she's, every, 
ever since she'd said it, she said it quite early on and I was struggling in a similar way. And she said, it is totally okay to want to throw your baby against a wall. The difference is you don't do it. (laughs) You're okay. It's okay to think about it. Yeah. It's okay to think it. One of the best bits of advice that I got and I would give to any new mum that's struggling is your baby won't die if you leave them. If you put your baby down somewhere safe. Yeah. And remove yourself from the situation. Even for just even yeah. for two minutes, five minutes is better. <laughs> yeah. No matter how much your baby is screaming, yeah. if you put the baby down, it doesn't mean you're doing the cry it out method. No. It doesn't mean that no. you are neglecting your baby's needs. No. It means you're prioritizing your baby's safety and yeah. your mental health. Absolutely. There were so many times where I had to put Darcy somewhere I knew she was safe, so in her push chair yeah. or in her cot or wherever she was, as long as she was safe and contained and couldn't get out of where she was. And I would take away. myself to the downstairs bathroom yeah. and turn the tap on so yeah. I couldn't hear her. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Or I would go out in the garden sometimes. Yeah. Oh. Or sometimes I would take myself to my bedroom, put a pillow over my head and scream into it. Yeah. I think I would put uh, like headphones and things like that. Yeah, it's so it's so all consuming, isn't it? And that we'll talk about, we'll go into the feed. So we'll probably both cry on the feeding episode <laughs> because that was a big deal for me with the feeding episode. But yeah, it's like so. We'll very quickly because we do need to bring this to an end because time constraints. Um, the talking about what we've just spoke about and talking about Western society expectations. Yeah. What we've just described is quite normal for. If you're living in the UK or like Europe or America, then what we've described is kind of normal. You you have your baby, you take it home. And you're just expected to get on with it. And you're expected to get on with it. You might have a really good support network, which is great if you've got family that are helping look after that baby. But the feelings that we're describing are fairly normal because you don't have that baby taken away from you for long periods of time. You keep it with you. You are the, the guidelines are that you keep the baby in your room for at least six months. Yeah. Um, and if that baby is in your room and crying, then that baby is very likely, like with mine, going to end up in your bed with you. Because yeah. how else are you supposed to fucking do anything? So um, it's just it's just changed inexplicably, like the the expectations of a new mother now. Because not only are you supposed to just get back up on your feet, even though like a baby's just fallen out of your vagina, you're then supposed to think about going back to work. Um, you don't maybe have the support. Like the other thing as well is that our parents are still working. Yeah. Back in the day, it was like they were they'd maybe retired and they'd come and help you. But now it's like my parents can't help me. They're both working. Or grandma didn't work in the first place. Grandma didn't work in the first place. She was a homemaker, so she's going to come and home make for you with your new baby. Yeah. And that doesn't happen anymore. No. Your your, your parents I mean, are working. I was incredibly incredibly lucky the first night that Darcy spent away from me. She was probably about eight weeks old. Oh, wow. And that, coincidentally, was the first night that she slept through the night. Wow. Because I, before I knew I was pregnant, I'd booked tickets to take my mum to see George Ezra in Birmingham. Oh. So my nana, rather than us sell the tickets, my nana offered to have Darcy. And at that time, it was kind of the weekend after my mum had given Darcy her first bottle. I see. So it all kind of, that's when it became like, I can sleep, I'm full. And this is another thing that I want to say is that no matter how hard things get, Mm -hmm. they can 
everything changes. Yeah, and it changes on a dime. over and over again. Yeah, over you'll and have, over you and think you've, again. This is the other thing. I've I've had the, I've had the, this experience with people who've just had babies, and they talk about their routines. And every single time, I'm like, "Fuck the routine. That routine yeah. will change." Yeah. Oh well, the thing is, I don't want to. I don't want to put him down for a nap yet because his routine is this, and I just want to yeah. scream to them, "That will change." Yeah. Don't worry about the routine. There is no routine. You might have the shittest six weeks of your life. That will get better. And you'll have a really nice six weeks where they sleep every night. But let me tell you, after that six weeks, they'll go back to being shit shit again. (laughs) And they won't tell you when that happens. But yeah, it's all... all, It changes all the time, doesn't it? In the immortal words of Ronan Keating, life is a roller coaster, (laughs) just gotta ride it. Good lord. I can't (laughs) believe we've just name-dropped Ronan Keating. Oh, okay, that's a really good point, I think, for us to kind of um, stop talking about the fourth trimester. Yes, because we've managed to go over an hour again. Again, okay, I think it... I So, shall we do loves and loads? Let's do loves and loads. I don't have the energy to think... No that. energy. What's your love of the week? My love of the week is... Should I tell you my love? Yeah, you tell me your love. True crime. Ooh. True crime, mate. I can't get enough of true crime documentaries, and it, I think it's getting a bit out of hand, because <laughs> I search like a rabid dog for true crime on netflix <laughs> rabid dog. and i've seen all of them true crime podcasts? I, uh, no I, I think it's the tv element for me i want to uh, see you it like the visuals i like the visuals anything that's like uh, anything that's about killers and how they get caught i'm into i can't get enough and i think dave thinks there's genuinely something wrong with me because we'll put netflix on in the day when the like ramona's at school and I'll be searching through Netflix. And he was like, you know, we could watch that really cool film that's... Oh, you know, we can watch that series that's just come out. I'm like, no, true crime. Find me true crime, please. <laughs> and he's like, I'm sick of looking at murderous faces. <laughs> Don't want to and do I'm like, this I anymore. I want more. Give me more. More killers. Specifically, I think, like, American serial killers. Mm. Um, and the way I'm going to get past this is by saying that I heard that the reason women like true crime so much is it's like an evolutionary thing. It's like a survival mechanism. Uh, you're learning we, how to avoid getting yeah, serial killed. Women tend to like true crime more because they can learn. Ooh, yeah, I've like remembered a, my love of the I've, week, by the way. Oh, go on then. What's your love of the week? Two at Sainsbury's. Two at Sainsbury's? Yeah. TU, the clothing TU, department. The clothing department. Yeah, that jumper's amazing. The dress jumper, is great. Dress. Beautiful. Both from TU at Sainsbury's. Yeah, you, every time I see Sinead, I'll be like, oh my God, I love your top. And she's like, Sainsbury's. Oh, I love your shoes. Where Sainsbury's. Where's your dress? Sainsbury's. Every time I go into Sainsbury's, I come out feeling a sen- like real sense of disappointment. So I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you're doing a great job of finding the best clothes in Sainsbury's. Yeah, I don't know why. Just something about whoever's designed their, their pyjamas at, at the minute are on point. Excellent. Are they? Yeah, there's some like bright green ones with tigers on. Oh, lovely. It's like short sleeve mm. button-up shirt yes, with please. long trousers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Love it. Actual love of the week. What's Actual your loathe of the week? My loathe of the week is alarm clocks. Yeah, alarm clocks are shit. I just think it's so rude to be pulled <laughs> from my sleep like that. That's a real, like, we don't use a lo- alarm clocks. You don't need I nearly one. said a loathe clock. It's an alarm clock. An alarm clock. I don't use alarm clocks because I've got two small children and a dog. I don't need them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really need them. They are an insult, though, aren't they? But alarm I just, clocks. How dare they? Every time I listen to it, I'm just like, how dare they? Off, please. You know you can turn them off, right? Yeah, but yes, because I have to go to work. Yeah, I just. <laughs> 
I've been such a sleepy girl recently. Such a sleepy girl. Such a sleepy girl. Your loathe of the week, I mean... What's your loathe of the week? Arson. (laughs) (laughs) So... Other than arson just being bad in general. Okay, so why is... Oh! Arson. Yeah. You know. So on Friday, Friday night, we always get a McDonald's. Mackie D's Friday evening. So me and Dave don't have to cook. And Dave takes the girls because they like to listen to gorillas in the car. (laughs) So Dave had left and I was taking photos of my t-shirts in my office. Um, of which the reason that is important is because the window to the office like is into the back garden which goes on towards the big school that's near our house and I was taking photos and I looked out the window and there was just like a massive plume of grey smoke and I was like oh that looks like more than a bonfire and it was like one of those like swirling black it got blacker yeah. and blacker and yeah you really sent me a video and it was so black quite extreme and my first thoughts were oh fuck is that the school and my mum works at the school, so I was like, shit. And it was still quite early, and I was like, she could still be... Oh, my God. So I texted my mum, and I was like, was this, is this the school? Sent her the video. And um, and then I could hear next door as well. They've got three boys. And you could hear... The, you could hear them go, should we go and, should we go and have a look? Should we go and have a look? Like this. Like, let's go, let's go. So I was like, oh, shit, okay. I love the community spirit that comes when there's a local <laughs> fire. Yeah. Let's all go and watch. <laughs> I remember one time... <laughs> My neighbour's motorbike got stolen off the drive and yeah. they drove it to the little green at the end of the road. To set fire to it. And set fire to it. And you all went to watch. Every single neighbour was yeah. out in their pyjamas on a Sunday night watching this motorbike Watching burn. the fire for absolutely no reason. Again, same when uh, I told you the other day, my neighbour's shed exploded last year. Whole neighbourhood. Yeah. Whole neighbourhood. Everyone within like a three street radius. Going to have a nosy. Was out. In their pyjamas. Yeah. yeah. It was amazing. Well, this is the reason I don't like arson, is because Dave didn't get to see the fire because the police wouldn't let him back up our road with his with the McDonald's. So did he just have to, like, wait? So our So our road comes off like a, a crescent, you know? Yeah. And the police... And, and the thing that was on fire was not the school, by the way. It was, in like, a derelict building that was a COVID test centre. <laughs> and... Um, because that's like at the top of one of the ends of the crescents, the police had blocked off both ends of the crescents, which meant we couldn't he couldn't get back. So I started to get worried because it had been quite a long time. And I rang Dave and I was like, I'm just making sure you're not the thing that's on fire because <laughs> you left at about the same time. And he was like, no, no, the police won't let me back in. They won't let me in. And they're like, you can't be within 100 metres of the, of the fire. And he's like, no, I want to go home. <laughs> And my home is not 100 metres from the fire. Like, it's a little bit further away. And he had to keep going back and forth until one of the policemen just went, oh, OK, go on in then. Oh, no, he didn't. They wouldn't let him in. He had to find a sneaky way round through a side street that I suggested to him. I was like, go down this road instead. And he's like, what if they've blocked that off? And I was like, you're going to have to plead with them, mate. You've got two young children. They're under the age of five and we've got a McDonald's to eat. You've got my McDonald's in the car. I need my nuggets hot. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why I don't like arson. Um, and just for a bit of uh, information... They did arrest a 12, 14 and 15 year old boy for Ooh. the arson of the building. Yikes. And my next door neighbour said something really funny because I was like, oh, I wonder who did. Oh, I wonder if my mum could find out because she works at the school. And he was like, well, 
they're under the age, aren't they? They won't be able to be name and they won't be able to name and shame them. And I was like, I love that. That's our priority. Who yeah. fucking did it? Who did it? Who, Who kept did me it? from my McDonald's? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's my loathe of the week. Um, I think that's a good place to end, don't you? Yeah. Thanks. Things you on fire. So much for listening. Things on fire. Things much on fire. Like this country. This country. Pissland. <laughs> Pissland on fire. <laughs> Shall we go and uh, see our kids? I suppose we better. Shall we give them a steak and a disrobed sausage roll? Yeah, give them a treat. Lovely. Let them out of the chokey and give them a treat. <laughs> follow what? us on social media. Oh, God, we've got to actually plug this shit, haven't we? Instagram yeah, please follow us. At Amateur Milk Society. Twitter at Amateur Milk Sock, S O C. Um, send us an email at Amateur Milk Society at gmail.com. And join our Facebook, Facebook group, The Amateur Milk Society. Um, give us comments and likes and rate and subscribe and subscribes and all of Stars. that good stuff and we'll be eternally grateful Thank you. For, to you when please. we get our Greg's black cards oh, I can't wait for that black card <laughs> yes please um, bye okay now we'll go bye see you later bye